The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Lord, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive to receive all that you have today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated. I want to let you know something, church, had it not been for all the years of the church and hours that we spend putting the word in you, many would not have made it through the last three years because I've watched all the others fall by the wayside, including the preachers. There was no word to stand on. That's why they closed the churches. And many are even out of the ministry today. And even when they go back to church, nobody is there. And it's because of these years that we've taken to put the word in you. So I know that the Pharisees and Sadducees complained because of the length of our meetings but the length of their meetings has been the demise of their church. And the length of what we do is not to drag anything out. When I'm done, I'm done. It's to put the word in you that you're going to need for the next week. And I started doing this years ago. If you have been around here, I always preach for the next seven days. I've not missed a Sunday. Not one Sunday since February of 2020. I've not missed a Sunday. You say, why? Because I know that we've got to carry people for the next seven days. Somebody said, Pastor, you need a rest? Yeah, probably do. But I have a responsibility as well. And you can have many people come preach, but they don't do what I do. They don't carry people. I carry people. And not only do I carry people when I preach, I carry you when I go from here. When I lie on my bed, I pray over every one of you. I, it's the last thing I do when I go to sleep, and it's the first thing I do when I wake up. I pray for every member of God, sustain them today, carry them today. So it's, it's on me, and when the Lord says it's time for me to take a break, I'll take a break. Amen. But right now I must work. Amen. So you can keep praying for me. Amen. I want you to take your Bibles now and go with me <clears throat> to the book of Luke, chapter 4. I want to continue last week, uh, Sunday morning, because a lot happened between Sundays. But I'm just going back to last Sunday morning, because I really, when I come in here, I really come off the back of what we were on last Sunday. And I was talking about the subject of revival. Of course, you're hearing about revival outbreaks at seminaries and whatever. And of course, all the critics are all upset about it and trying to find fault with it. <laughs> they, I mean, you've got students in a chapel singing and worshiping God 25 hours a day for days, and now they're trying to find fault with it. The bottom line is, these are heathen universities. Some of them know they're not good Christian. They're really woke. They're all on government payroll. Are you with me? All pushing. There's so much LGBTQ nonsense going on. If I can see a bunch of students worshiping God 24 hours a day, I'm on board. You know, so somebody said, well, what's being preached? Look, shut up. Because, no, because even if somebody got up and preached, you would nitpick on what they were preaching on. 
The fact is that we've got universities where thousands of students are gathered to worship God. I'm a very happy man. I'm a very happy person. Now, go with me, chapter 4, and verse 14, and I've had the privilege and occasion of preaching along these lines from the month of April of 1989, when God first told me to speak on the subject of the anointing. And so I'll endeavor to do that um, this morning, because when I do, I get pretty messed up because this is so powerful, what I'm about to read to you. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. That's why people followed him. He couldn't even get away. They just found out where he was, and they found out, and they just come knocking. I saw that. I went to, um, to, to Papua New Guinea. The Lord has spoken to me. It's a whole long story <clears throat> about, anyway, I won't get into the details because that'll take 15 minutes, and I don't feel like spending 15 minutes on that. But I went to a remote part. I flew, it took me, I went to LA, I had to stay the night, went into Brisbane, had to stay the night, then went into um, Port Moresby, stayed there the night, and then went to a place called Boca, and, 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 or Buka, and then they picked me up and drove me seven hours through the mountains and across 11 rivers, I mean, to a remote part of the Solomon Islands, uh, Bougainville. Anyway, so I'm getting there, I'm staying with the, with the, with the governor, they put me with the governor in his place, which they only had electricity three hours a day. And so it was just candles and stuff. And so I didn't know if the governor was saved or not, his wife. And I brought with them, I brought, me, I brought with me an iPod with all our teaching on, because I wanted to leave that behind. And so I said to them, you know, they wanted to know what I did. And I said, I've come to see your king. I've come to meet with your king. And the meeting was for the next day. And so we in this darkened kitchen with the candle that's going, you know. And so I said, I'm a preacher. I travel the world, preach the gospel. And I said, yeah, let me show you. And so I couldn't really speak their language, but they took a headphone, one headphone here, one headphone on the lady, and they're watching. And 10 minutes later, she crashes out under the power of God, shaking on the floor. And I, because now I couldn't really talk. So I tried to tell her husband, okay, the Holy Ghost, power of God on your wife, you know. I found out later they were Catholic. They knew nothing about nothing. They didn't even know who I was, you know. But 10 minutes into, they're watching this, the power of God knocks out. And so it was like a buzz went out. So he says, now, he says, tomorrow night, can I bring people? I said, what do you mean? He said, I want to bring people to, to my front porch here. I go out the next night, 250 people are jammed in the front porch. And I, I, th I, said, I thought you were going to bring a few people. He said, no, they, they all want to start coming. So I, I get up, I preach Jesus. They all get saved. Everyone raise their hand to get saved. Then I preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They all raise their hand and get the Holy Ghost. And they, the whole place falls under the power. Now, I don't have catchers or anything. There's nobody else. I mean, it's me. You know what I mean? There's no like usher, usher, whatever. I mean, some of the people painted like the uh, things on their face. They look like warriors. When you walk through the streets, they've got pangas, you know, and they're walking through them, I mean, you know, like a warrior type tribal people. I thought, oh my God, you know, you could get your head chopped off here in this place. But so anyway, so when that evening, 
Of course, the generator wasn't working. I had to go shower. I told the story the other day where the whole wall was moving with critters. I didn't know what it was. I just knew there's some insects or animals crawling on the wall. But if I just stay in the shower, I'll get wet. They won't come in the water. And I can shower myself, you know. <laughs> don't put a light. You don't want to find out what's on the wall, you know. Anyway, so I'm coming out. I'm, I'm like wearing like uh, some uh, flip-flops. I have a pair of short shorts on. I've got my T-shirt. I've got a baseball cap. I'm carrying my toothbrush, toothpaste, and my brush, you know, whatever. I'm going to walk to go up to my room. And, and so I hear this, I hear this, Dr. Rodney. And I go, yes, uh, can you come? I said, for what? He said, the kitchen. I said, what, the kitchen? I go in there, and there's a couple. I said, where are you from? They're from a village two hours away. They heard that, that I was there. They heard what happened. They came in. They wanted prayer. So I said, well, I said, do you love Jesus? Yes, yes, we love Jesus. I said, what do you feel? Uh, we, we just want to be used to God. I said, then I started prophesying, oh, God's going to use you, you're going to plant churches, and you're going to see the hand of God. And I laid hands on them. They both fell under the power. I mean, hit the stove on the side of the stove, boof, doof, down. Another person, boof, down. And then I looked at the governor. I said, it's all yours. And I turned around, and I walked up to my room and went to sleep. <laughs> so... When people find out about the anointing, they're going to come find you. You know, I mean, look, I'm, I, I want to go to bed. I got, I got a toothbrush and toothpaste. I have a toothbrush and toothpaste in my hand and a brush in the other hand and a towel over my shoulder, and I'm wearing flip-flops. I don't feel like too, like, ministerial, if you know what I'm saying. But they didn't care. They didn't care what, they didn't care what I was wearing. They didn't care anything. They just heard that something was happening and they wanted to touch from God. So the Bible says Jesus returned the power of the Spirit of the Galilee and went out of fame of him through all the region round about. He taught in the synagogues being glorified. And as he came to Nazareth, we'd be brought up as was his custom. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was a living in him, the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the places written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance of the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. So this was Jesus' message. People want to know what was Jesus' main message? Well, you can see the Sermon on the Mount, and you can see a lot of other things where he talked about the so and so's the word, and many other things. But I believe, me, myself, and I, I believe that Jesus' main message was what I just read to you here. That I believe everywhere he went, he opened whatever he was saying. He would say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight of the blind, to sit at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Why change it? Why change it? Because the Pharisees are bored. The Sadducees want something new. Why change it? The message is the message. Is the message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's just talk about revival and the river at Tampa Bay Church. We started this church on the 1st of December, 1996, because people said you could not have a church that had revival. 
And I looked at them and said, I beg to differ with you. They said, you will ruin the church. How is revival going to ruin a church? Well, people are just going to get too happy. And then, and then you won't be able to control happy people. I mean, if everybody gets happy and walk and leap and praise God, how are you going to calm them down? They'll never listen to another message that you bring because they'll just be always walking and leaping and praising God. Not really. They'll listen. And then if you get everybody winning souls and they go out, what if they don't come back? What if the people go out and win souls and suddenly they launch out into a ministry and they explode and then they don't need the church anymore? I mean, so I began to realize that the whole thing about revival was they wanted control. They wanted control over the people. Well, we'll know when the people are ready. Oh, you really do? Do you have a ready meter? You, you, bring, you bring them there, you take two things, you put them on, ready? What do you think, you're baking a cake in the oven? Ready? Sorry, you're not ready. Everybody's ready to minister right now. Whether it is launch out, go to foreign country, plant a church, that's a different kind of ready. But everybody's ready to do the works of Jesus. Everybody's ready to lay hands on the sick and cast out devils. Everyone is ready to go and do the works of Jesus. That means saying you're going to launch a television ministry tomorrow night. It's their concept of what they think. Well, they're not ready for it. I was never ready for anything. I've never been ready for anything. When I started out in the ministry, you know, <laughs> I was 18 years old, and I knew everything. I knew everything. You couldn't tell me much. I knew everything. I know, I know. And I'll be ahead, just like all other 18-year-olds are. I know that. I know. I know that. But you might know some things in your spirit, but you don't practically have an understanding of what that even means. You can ask my wife. When we got married, I knew everything. <laughs> and she knew everything. You should have been in our house <laughs> with two people that knew everything. <laughs> don't sit there and look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. So I would tell the Lord, Lord, I'm ready for this, I'm ready for that, I'm ready for this. And the Lord said, no, you're not. Lord, I'm going to do, take a chill, just relax, it'll come. Just do what I tell you to do now. And then when God spoke to me, was right off the back of me praying, said, Lord, I'm not ready for anything. I can't do nothing. And the Lord said, okay, now get up and go do that. I go, what? What are you talking about? I was ready back then, now I'm not ready. Oh no, you're ready now, son. You're ready now. Well, well I don't understand. I feel inadequate. I, uh, 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 uh. Now that you're not ready in your own ability, you're now ready in my ability. Before you were ready in your own ability. Ah, oh, I got that now. I got it now. 
Revival is so necessary in the church. And to have a revival church or a church that's in revival is so necessary. Otherwise, a church that's not in revival needs a revival. You go around, travel around America, and you walk into churches and just, can I, say, can I take, talk to the pastor? Yes. You guys really need a revival. <laughs> see, see how that goes over. Especially if the church is over a thousand. What do you mean? What do you mean the church? What do you mean when we need revival? Who, who do you think you are? Well, I was here. Your service was like a one-hour dry cleaning service, in by 10, out by 11, three hymns, three hers, take up the offertory, preach from the Cyclopedia Britannica and the Reader's Digest, and you just pronounce the last rites, and everybody's going home just as dead as what they came. <laughs> the embalming fluid you used for communion was great. We, we just wanted you to bless us. And all you did was ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> when we first arrived in America, we were traveling around. We, I didn't know there was... You know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know the condition of America. I just knew major ministries had collapsed, but we traveling around. I didn't know it just gone through a major economic situation. I didn't know that. I knew nothing. We didn't have, any, in, we didn't have contact to, to world news. The only thing we had was CNN. <laughs> and so, you know, we arrive in America, go to churches. And I, went, I was like, what? This is a church? It was the saddest thing I ever saw. I'm a happy person. I'm from Africa. We happy people. Africans are happy people. And I walk in there, and it was so depressing. The music was dirge music, funeral dirge music. You, you, you walked in, and you thought, look at these people. Look at them. Look at the choir. Look at the deacons, the pastor. Everybody's sad. Did, did, did God die last night? No one told us. <laughs> and then the straw that broke the camel's back was I went to this one church, and, and, and while I was preaching, a man near the back had a heart attack and died, and we, they called an ambulance. They carried out five rows of people before they found the right person. <laughs> that's dead. I don't know about you, but that's dead, ladies and gentlemen. Dead. D-E-A-D-double-D, dead. Twice dead and plucked up by the roots. And if they spoke about revival, I remember how it was. It was always how it was. I remember how it was back in 1919. I remember when the Lord touched me back in 1946. It's always, it was always in the past. The prayers were always, Lord, do it again, Lord. Lord, do it again, Lord, just like you did. Everybody's like, yes, Lord, do it again. They, they don't even know what God must do again. They don't know. They, there's nothing to relate to in the church they, because there's nothing, even sim, there's nothing similar to what he did. Do it again. If he did it again, 
the, all the people said, do it again, do it again. I'm out of here. And they would leave. They'd make a run for the door. We want revival. We want to move a God. Do you? Do you really want one? Huh? Uh, and what do you think a move of God is? Is a move of God just in a church where everybody's singing and happy and everybody clapping and jumping up and down? A move of God, true revival, comes in the hearts of the people, and then they overflow out on the streets, and people get saved. And you can, you can, test, you can test a revival by talking to the people that are sitting in the pews. If you want to check on a family, you find the kids. Get the kids, and just, obviously, you don't want to do that these days, because that's all, you know, people think you're creepy. But, no. If you can move the kids away from the parents for a moment, you'll find out exactly what's going on in the house. Because the kids are going to tell you. Kids will just blabber out. You can come interview all of our members here, and you'll find out what's happening in this church. You'll find out what's happening in the church. You'll find out new life that's come to people, people that, you know, maybe you were saved, but God came by his power and ignited you, and now another whole realm has opened up to you, whether it be ministry or business or whatever. How many could testify with the uplift of their hand, Pastor? That would be me. I have a long testimony. Wave your hand. All those that could do that. Okay. So, you t- and the rest of you, I'm going to start praying for immediately. <laughs> because it's your testimony that continues the revival. Why do people stop telling their testimony? Because they think that people are bored about it. Oh, I don't want to go there and tell them again how I got saved. Why not? Well, they get irritated. Yeah, that's that Pharisee thing. That's that leaven that I talked about earlier. Go ahead and tell it again. Do you know what I do all the time? I always call people, tell them your testimony. I'm doing that all the time. Hey, come and tell your testimony. Tell them how you flatlined for five minutes and you were dead. Tell them how dead you were. (laughs) And tell them what the Lord did. Yeah. So if you look in Acts 3 and verse 19, he says here, and we read this scripture last Sunday, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. That's the thing we've got to get out of people, the sins, but when you do that, that the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The Amplified says the times of recovering from the effects of the heat of reviving with fresh air. Revival means you've been revived. You've been revived. You've been walking in the desert place, and it's hot, and you're thirsty, and your feet are aching, and, and, and you're just so tired, but suddenly you come up on our oasis, and they put you, they sit you down, you put your feet up, they bring you water, and, and then, and ah, you just sit there, and, and then, ah, this is so good, and you're just being revived. You're coming back. Ah, I needed that. That's what revival is. Ah, I needed that. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. These, this past four weeks has been so amazing for me. For me. I've had so much fun here. I've had so much fun. There have been times when the Lord just totally blitzed me. I mean, hit me. I was like, I'm still trying to even fathom what happened Friday morning. Friday night was another level. I'm just telling you right now. 
Somebody said, well, what's God doing now? I, I, I mean, uh, I mean, what's God doing now? What, what, same, same thing. He does the same thing that he's always done. He comes to pour out his spirit upon you and touch you and fill you to overflowing. So that he can, he fills you up to pour you out. He's filling you up right now. I said, he's filling you up right now. People come here with leaks. Some people come with leaks. As fast as he's filling you, you leak in out. God will repair those leaks. Are you with me? And refresh you. He's refreshing you. You watching my television. He said, so they're just, ah. you ha ha at me. Not ha ha at me. If anybody needs revival, it's you ha ha. Don't just sit there in your house. <laughs> no, and that's what I mentioned last week, because they say it's a sovereign move of God. So if it's a sovereign move of God, then it doesn't really matter. We'll just have our normal service. And if God sovereignly decides to move, well, guess what? He already sovereignly moved 2,000 years ago. Do you want to receive the sovereign move of God? That's not up to God. That's up to you. How do I get it? You've got to get hungry and thirsty, and you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you up. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Somebody said, well, I don't feel like falling on the floor and rolling on the ground. We don't, I don't care how you, I don't care how you get it. I don't care if the Lord sticks you upside down on your head and you clap your feet. I don't care how it looks as long as you get revived. When, when they revive somebody who did, I mean, you do whatever, you get that defibrillator, you tell the living to stand clear, because if they don't, there'll be more living than there were before. You rip the shirt open, you put the paddle, you hit him once. Somebody say, hit him again. Boom, you hit him one more time. Hit him again. May a 10-foot angel swat you here today. May ten for in your house. Uh, uh, yeah, ten for it. Boom. I just saw a wife saying, "Please, God, please, I can't take this anymore." You can't revive what's not been vived. Vibe. So whenever things break out, is because there's a group of people with a small, mostly small. They begin to worship God, they revive, and then they begin to attract other people, and then it begins to spread and spread and spread. That's how it works. One person, just one person carrying the fire. Do you know what one person carrying fire can do? Do you know what one person carrying fire can do? That's why we talked about all this stuff with people. It's, 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 I talked about a Friday night. Go watch the thing. Uh, nameless. Nameless revival. Nameless faceless. There is nobody God ever used that didn't have a name, didn't have a face. That's referring to the Old Testament and the glory of God. When you get in there, it doesn't really matter what your name is and what your face is. But I've never seen God use somebody with no face. 
If you don't have a face, you don't have a mouth. Hello? (laughs) We're going to have a faceless singer come and bless us. It's somebody that is in charge of that vessel. And then you listen to the different ones as they minister. God fills them up and pours them out. As they sing, the atmosphere of the heaven changes. Everything changes. Now, anybody could sing, but they don't mean nothing. I also sing. Yeah, well, we heard it. We'll pass right now, if you don't mind. No offense. I sing in my tub. No offense. Rub-a-dub-dub, sing in your tub. No offense. We think you should sing tenor. We want you to sing tenor. Ten or twelve miles away, if you don't mind. We'd love you to sing a solo. So low, no one can hear you. (laughs) Now, there's a difference. There's a difference between a singer and someone that the hand of God's touched their vocal cords. I've even had opera singers come to me, and I heard them. They were great. They were trained. But (laughs) I'd rather watch paint dry. It's like a chalk on a board. It's great. Great ability. But should really be in the dying swan or whatever that opera thing is. Huh? Swan Lake. Are you with me? Ballet? Oh, it's a ballet? I didn't know. What's the... An opera where somebody dies. Are you with me? <laughs> to me, it's all the same. Yeah. I know people love that. I, I have better things to do with my evening than watch people just. <laughs> yeah, I have better things. I just like it's beautiful, but <laughs> after ten minutes, okay, okay. I felt that. (laughs) No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I've been to all those things, and, you know, it's okay. We actually saw a video of a lady the other day. She's 100 years old, and she still does ballet. She does everything. 100 years old. She's 100. They lied. Okay. They lied. 
It's the internet. Yeah, it's the internet. Okay, they lied. It's the internet. No, the difference is the touch of God and no touch. Well, I love Jesus. That's fine. You still have to get the power. The power is available to every person. And revival is available to every person. If you're born again, revival is available to you, and you need to get revived. You cannot get revival if you never had revival. It starts with revival. That's when you get born again. If you didn't get born again, then you need to get born again. Can a man enter a second time into his mother's womb? No. But you must be born again. And when you get born again, then you get the joy of your salvation. And that's the thing that you have to keep, which a lot of people can't keep. You meet them 20, 30 years down the line, and they've lost everything that they had. They used to be on fire for God, but they're not anymore. And that's why revival is always needed. Well, we need revival a year from now. Hmm? Of course. If I have my way, I want you, you, you're going to be 100 years old and still be in revival. Oh, yeah. So when the church is revived, then they go out and they awaken the world, which is what we're praying for right now. That's why I'm praying, Lord, blitz every university, shake every, Lord, even if a university does it just to be seen, let it create the hunger within the core group of people. There has to be people on those campuses that love God with all their heart and just begin to sweep. And then those that were just trying to capitalize on it, smack them to where they can't even have class for three months. Like really, 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 I mean, just break this thing open because you can't play around the edge of the, ri- of the living water. You, pray, you play around the river of living water, you're going to fall in. It's a slippery creek bank. You will fall in. You come around here long enough, you're going to slip in. You will slip in. So once you revived, you carry that to the world. And that's what this church is doing. That's what this church is doing every single day. Yesterday, how many thousands were saved yesterday? Last night, after the car show, my wife and my granddaughter and myself, we, we thought we'll, I'll take my dear brother from South Africa who flies back tomorrow. We took him to the state fair because I've not been anywhere. You know, I've been here for four weeks. So we get in there late. Took hours to get in just with traffic and everything. We got in there and I'm walking around and I looked. It's a typical fair, you know, with everything that you can eat that you shouldn't eat. Are you with me? <laughs> Which I'm happy to tell you, I didn't eat one thing. I, didn't, I passed by on every elephant ear and every whatever else they had there. And then I, I walked through several of the, of the halls and looked at different expos and stuff like that. And then I went and sat near the entrance because, I mean, you know, it's time to go now. I mean, I've seen it all. I mean, you know, I've watched the swan swim and fall and die and all that kind of stuff. It's time to go. And I'm not a rider of Ferris wheels and all that kind of stuff. You just sit there and go around and all that's great. I like to go places. Are you with me? So I'm sitting, I'm sitting, by, I'm sitting, 
<laughs> I, I, I'm, I, I'm sitting there by the, by the exit, and I'm just sitting there, and a couple stopped. They stopped. The, there was a trash can nearby me, and they were drumming something. They looked at They go, Pastor Rodney. I said, yes. And they told me they're from St. Petersburg, and she now, she's, they're trying to get in. The thing's going to close in a few hours, and they now want to tell me a testimony. He said, when we watch on television, we, we've been winning souls over in St. Pete. We've been leading people to Jesus. And now, so they're about to walk off. She come right back to tell me she just led somebody to the Lord. That very, I mean, yesterday, she led someone to the Lord. She said, you never know what the programs are doing for me. I downloaded the script. I'm winning souls, and I'm getting everybody saved. And I mean, we, we were having like a little revival service right there, sitting at, at the exit. And she said, we're never going to stop. We will never, just so you know, we will never stop. Even though the enemy tries to stop, we'll never stop. And it was a whole family just rejoicing in the things of God. So people are winning souls. This thing is catching on everywhere. People are, people are, people are I mean, I got, I got videos yesterday from Dominican Republic. Mass crusade there. Somebody affiliated with us just did a mass crusade. Tens upon tens of thousands in, in Dominican Republic. It's happening. And then you're getting texts from, from other places. These 200 were saved here. A thousand saved over there. 3,000 saved over there. This is starting to happen. And it's going to catch on. It, it, it's inevitable. It has to, because that's what happens when revival spreads. The fire spreads. Can you say amen? There's a great hunger and thirst in America right now, which I'm very happy about. And it's going to get even worse. I mean, in a good way. If, when you get a chance, watch my news program this morning and you'll understand what I'm talking about. The insanity has gone to warp factor one. Scientists just deemed that the term male and female should be removed. Scientists, a group of scientists deemed because it, it creates problems for certain people. When scientists start doing this stuff, then you have to know people have lost their minds. Each person is a carrier of the fire of God. I'm looking out over this congregation today and I see flames of fire sitting all, all across this place. Now, do you always feel like a flame of fire? No. Well, I'm so glad that we're not going by what we feel. Are you with me? People look at me, Pastor, do you always feel like a flame of fire? No. Sometimes I feel like a little pilot light. But I've learned a long time ago, you don't go by your feelings. You walk by faith. And you walk by total trust in God alone to carry you. This is only the beginning. Watch what's going to take place in the remainder of February and then watch what happens in March and April. 
I'm telling you, everything's picking up momentum. I can feel it. I can feel it in the spirit. And I, I'll, I'll go on record as saying these last four weeks have been some of the greatest meetings we've ever had. I mean, I'm just telling you. But maybe, maybe I'm just drunk, but the move of God has been so amazing. I would rank this up with any other decade I've been in, and I'm now in the fifth decade of, of, of ministry and, and, and the fourth decade of carrying the fire constantly. Because whatever started in 89 surely is burning brighter now than it was back then. And then God's getting everybody ready and he's furnishing you for what he wants to do with you. Pastors and evangelists and missionaries and people going out to the far-flung corners of the globe carrying this fire, this anointing. And when you get there, what are you going to tell them? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance of the captives, recovery of sight of the blind, to deliver liberty to them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Don't listen to the voice of the naysayer and the gainsayer. Just look at them again and say, I, you didn't hear me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. And then you just minister in his name and do exactly what he tells you to do. Amen. And you don't have to be in the full-time ministry to do that. Wherever you go. You can just single people out. So I'm going to lay my hands on you when I do the power of God's going to come on you. Somebody said, what, what are you talking about? No, you have it. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Come here. Step here. Lift your hands as you do. The power of God comes on you. It's just like that. And you'll do that in the parking lot. You'll do that at Walmart. You'll do that wherever you go. In the hospitals. In prisons. In mental institutions. Carriers of the eternal flame. Keepers of the eternal flame of God. Hallelujah. Can we live like this? Yes, of course you can live like that. Somebody said, well, wouldn't you say we were getting a little excessive? If all we were doing every day was just ministering to people and getting people saved? No, you're doing the works of Jesus. Getting excessive. People did excessive weed in the world. Excessive booze. Excessive crack. Well, now it's Jesus, baby. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. So they used to criticize you when you were in the world. That guy's just the old drunkard. That, that guy's always high. That guy's got a problem. He's got a problem. And now they'll just be saying, that guy, he's always drunk. <laughs> Filled with a new wine. Don't worry about
worry about the noise. Every now and then, you'll hear all kinds of stuff happening at the river. Don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about the noise. At least there's some life there. Are you with me? It's not the noise you worry about. It's the no noise. It's a river of joy. It's a river of life. Hallelujah.
He's reviving people right now. Reviving you that are watching by way of television. And bringing people back to their first love. Falling in love with Jesus all over again. Now, I know, I know this is Sunday morning, but I need to open this right now. And I want everybody to bow your heads, just close your eyes. Because revival's not coming, it's here. You're either in or you're out. You can travel across the country to go see what is going on and try to get what's going on, but you can get everything you need right, now, right here. Because his presence is here. The Lord speaking to you right now. I don't know what the issues are. I gave a call Friday night just for this. But when we look at the believer's life, we look at people's hearts, you see there are many things that clog their hearts. Pride and unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things that clog people's hearts. The Lord speaks to you about whatever that is, then we're going to get rid of it this morning. You just have to look what's happening here at the church. Look what's happening on the streets. And then look what's happening in the nation to realize this is the time. Now is the time. That's why tonight I'm going to hands on everybody that desires a touch. But I want you to look in your own heart this morning. And if there's anything that is holding you back from receiving the fullness that God has for you, I want you to get up from where you are and come stand right here. I'm going to pray over you this morning. Quickly come. Don't delay. Come from the balcony. Come from the main floor. Just come. And this is to do with stuff in the heart. I don't need to know what they are. Nobody needs to know what they are. You just come. And say, yes, Lord, I'm surrendering. That area. You might be saved for many years. This has got nothing to do with saved, not saved. This is to do with Heart. God's dealing with people's hearts. There's people on the balcony. We'll wait for you. Just come. I know it's a walk, but come. Just flood this altar right now.
There's many here now. And I, I can feel the pull of heaven. You know, this is my job. This is what I do. God's speaking to people. There's many here. I'm talking to the North Balcony, the West Balcony, and the South Balcony. Quickly come. I don't care if you're going to climb over the heads of people. Get up from where you are and come stand here. Today is a day of a new beginning for you. Come. He's calling you. We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. Come. You know, God doesn't want you to be an observer. There's many people that all they will do is observe what God's doing. God wants you to be a participator. Still more on the balconies. God's dealing with you. Come. Come, 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 come. On the main floor, come. Come now. And say, yes, Lord. We are standing on holy ground. Go ahead and sing it. We're standing. We're standing on holy ground. For the Lord is here. Standing, we are standing on holy ground. Holy ground. And I know that and there are Sense his presence, and I knew this was the place where love abounds. For 
is the another song. It's the verse. Abide here. Learn the verses. We are standing in his presence on holy ground. And we are standing and we are standing on holy ground. I know that there are angels and I know that there are angels all around, all around. let us praise let us praise Jesus now Jesus now we are standing we are standing in His presence on the holy ground. Now just lift your hands to heaven. Fathers, they've come here this morning for you to put a heart that's revived on the inside of them. That many have come in blown by the storms of life some have even been beaten up on the way, just like the man on the Jericho Road. But the good Samaritan came and he poured in the oil and the wine, the type that restores their soul. So even today, as they surrender afresh to you and lay every one of these things on the altar, which I want you to do that right now, whatever the reason is or whatever's been holding you back, I want you to give it to the Lord right now before I pray over you. Just talk to the Lord privately. Nobody needs to know about it. Just tell him I give that to you right now. Father, I thank you that you go where the knife of man cannot go, that you bind up the broken heart, that you let the oppressed go free. Even this day, that the power of the enemy is broken. The prideful heart shall be the humble heart. The unforgiving heart shall be the heart that's full of forgiveness. The heart that's been driven by anger and fear, greed or lust or whatever is broken even this day. And it's handed over to you. Now I'm asking you, Lord, to take full control. In Jesus' name. Now just pray this out loud. Say, Father, today. I yield my life to you afresh. I surrender every area. Spirit, soul, and body. Come and have your way in me. Do your will, your plan, your purpose. You said you would take out a stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. You said a new spirit that you put within me. And I receive that even now. Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for dying for me and shedding your blood for me. And today by faith, I receive total forgiveness. I receive total cleansing. Every power of the wicked one 
is broken off of my life. As I leave this property today, I leave totally changed and transformed by your power and by your anointing. And I thank you for it now. So I receive this now by faith in Jesus' name. Now let me pray over you. Father, I pray that you seal this, this working of your spirit in the hearts of individuals, that this working shall not stop even as they go from this place this afternoon. As people come even tonight for hands to be laid upon them, I pray that even between now and the special anointing service tonight, that you would do such a work on the inside of them, and that, Lord, you would then meet them in direct proportion to the hunger that they have and the hunger that they have for you. I pray spiritual hunger shall consume each and every person that stands here today, that the things of the world will grow dim, totally dim, and that the things of heaven shall grow brighter and brighter. And now, Lord, I'm asking you to pour in the oil right now and fill them with your joy. Lord, if there are people here that are not baptized in the Holy Ghost, that you'd baptize them in the Holy Spirit. And even the people that never received the baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that right now they would receive that. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. Let's go ahead and speak it out. Be filled in Jesus' name. Just speak it out. Just speak it out. Lift up your voice. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit Revival.com.